not really enjoying anything that I did and missing the sport that I had grown up, grown up doing, just loving every step of the way. And once you get a little further away from it, you kind of realize just how much you miss it and how much it really means to you and what it brought to your life and the different coaches that brought something to your life and how you want, kind of want to give that back. Um, I'll go talk a little bit more about myself and kind of how I ended up in coaching uh, in just a second. You know, I'd like to find out a little bit more about you guys first, just really quick. So how many people in this room think that they want to go into coaching once they graduate college? A couple people? Okay. What kind of coaching do you guys want to get into? Well, for me, my brother, has, he's at a private school, and they are starting to try a girls basketball team, and they're <coughs> for me to coach that. I'm thinking about it. I think just like on the side, I would like to coach like a high school volleyball team. Kind of like have I a different career and then give back a little yeah. bit of you know their spare time. Yeah. Awesome. I saw hands over here. Strength conditioning coaching. Yeah. Else? I know. I recognize your face. Yeah. <laughs> on team a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, who else? Uh, I might want to do collegiate baseball. I play here, so okay. I want to do it. Whenever my career is over, I might want to, I don't, I'm not decided yet, I don't know yeah. what I want to do, but I want to stay in the sport. Yeah. yeah, I like that, stay around the sport. Anybody else? I know I saw one more hand go up. Uh, strength and conditioning as well. Strength and conditioning for you? What groups do you think, just like in general, individual, uh, older, college? say probably high school to high school. college. Yeah. All right. I want to do
we had, I was on a wild and crazy team. And by wild and crazy, I mean our coach was just like amazing. And one of those larger than life people. This woman is just like, you know, she had never been any good in swimming, but she knew how to make your kids love the sport. So it was a summer league program in Durham, North Carolina. Hardwood piranhas, still love them. Love to go back and visit them because they've really kept her spirit alive as the years have gone on. She is, and she still lives very much so in that program, even though now she's off in South America somewhere doing Lord knows what, because that's just who she was, larger than life, right? You know, you'd, you'd never find a group of people more excited to wake up, and that would be nine and 10 year olds, to wake up at 5.30 in the morning for 6 a.m. swim practice, and they loved it because they got to do Skittles push-ups. They got to run on the pool deck. They got to jump off the lifeguard stand. <laughs> and in a very safe environment, right? Because we all know that those things, they're really not gonna hurt you as long as somebody's watching and is controlling everything that's going on. So a lot of kind of that initial love that I had for my sport and for kind of understanding what great coaches and how to really inspire your kids, it comes from that very root beginning. So I think a lot of her influence, that's really why I circled back to the sport in the, uh, in the long run. Um, so things got serious. I've been swimming year-round since I was six years old, and that means from the time that I was 11, the longest break that I took until like probably my after my freshman year in high school, in college was a week, a week in the spring and a week in the fall. I swam six days a week. By the time I was done high school, I was swimming 24 hours a week, day in, day out. So a lot of what comes along with that is burnout. <laughs> when I was 13, I got moved into a senior swim group because I was fast. I was really good. I got moved up with a really intense coach. And he taught me how not to coach. <laughs> Absolutely. He is the reason that I got burnt out. He is. If I ever saw him, ooh, ooh, I have something to say now, right? Because what he did is he was an incredible coach as far as the technical aspect. In a lot of ways, I owe how fast I got to him, but I also owe about four years of me just absolutely not wanting anything to do with the sport and just showing up and kind of surviving. Because, ma'am, that was the person that made me cry every Sunday night before Monday morning practice started at 5.30 because I didn't want to go. That's what a bad coach can do. That's what somebody who doesn't inspire a love and desire of coaching and a love and desire to go do whatever it is that you're doing, that's what the impact one person who has power can do to you. So, I learned a lot from him, a lot of what not to do. Technically, great. Picked up on a lot of awesome stuff. Got super fast, went to junior nationals, ended up 17th in the country that year in my best event. Great, but I hated it. So that's kind of one of the biggest things that I think I always want to impart when I talk about coaching. Is it's about inspiring love and joy because you can't get anything out of your athletes or out of your coworkers unless they want to be around you, unless they want to be there, unless they want to show up for whatever it is that you're doing on that day. And it's probably one of the most important things that, that I can impart as far as my philosophy on coaching. Inspiring love, I mean, and just fun. Who here would love to get up at four o'clock tomorrow morning and have somebody yell and scream at them and try and force you to do something that you don't want to do? Who wants that? Anybody? Yeah, that's what I thought. Nobody wants that. You want somebody that you get excited to show up for and to be around. And when you finish your event, your race, whatever it is, that challenge that you overcome, and you look over at that person, whether you did good or you did bad, do you want to look over and do you want to see somebody smiling and encouraging and either saying, 
great job, or it's okay, we can move forward, or do you want to look over and see somebody with a nasty look on their face telling you that you're not worth it, and you're not good enough, and the only reason that you're as good as you are is because of them. Uh -uh. The reason that you're as good as you are, the reason that your athletes are as good as they are, is because of what they do, and the effort and the work that they put into themselves. That was my biggest takeaway from that coach. So we'll kind of continue on the journey. I love a revolution. I left that. Half the people on the team left after me. Uh, not pretty. We'll gloss over that. A lot of yelling. Don't worry about it. Moved on, right? After that, uh, I found myself a coach who wanted to just let me be. All right? I was able to just show up, kind of do bare minimum, found some great friends again, started to kind of enjoy just being there every day, went from crying on Sunday nights to just being like, all right, I'll go. It's fine. No big deal. I still like it. I don't get to quit. I've given this many years to it so far. I want to swim in college. Just keep going. And that, having that type of freedom to just be me is what let me rediscover my love for the sport. And so that's another coaching philosophy that I experienced. That next coach, he went on to coach a NCAA, so multiple NCAA champions came out of his program and left and went to college. Um, I mean, absolutely just like phenomenal as far as just letting people do what made them happy. Now, he wasn't the most inspirational person. He wrote darn good workouts, and he left it up to you to decide what to do with it. And in my case, that was exactly what I needed. I needed to be able to just kind of have fun at the back of the lane, follow along with the rest of the group, have a pretty good attitude, and as long as I wasn't bringing anybody else down, he didn't have any problem with what I did. And that's what helped me refine how much I enjoyed the sport. And that's what I took away from that next coach that I had. I had him for about three years in high school. Moving on, found myself a college coach that was pretty similar to that. Really laid back. You'd swim, you'd turn around, you'd look at him at the side of the pool, you'd have a big old smile on his face no matter how you did. And it was just the best feeling in the world. And there was nothing better than when you swam a great race, and you turned over, and you looked over at Roy's face, and you just saw him go, great swim, and you go, that's the support that I love and that I really, really cherish. Now, granted, he wasn't the best as far as writing practices, technical stuff, anything like that, but he was inspiring in his own really special way. You, we called him dad. Like, you wanted to swim well for him to make him happy, and that's really one of the most, one of the best things that you can give is just give your student athletes, your athletes, your coworkers, give them a reason to want to be around you. And I love that. Um, we got another coach that came in my sophomore year. She was awesome, really pushed us, sometimes a little bit overboard. But at that point, fortunately, I had built up the resiliency to handle that in a really productive way. Um, and you know, I think that's kind of what pushed me so much in the last couple of years, though, was the coaches that let me find my own way again. That's how I started to find my love, and all of a sudden, even if you've come from the lowest of the lows, where you just, you're crying every night because you don't want to go, but you're not telling anybody, you're just pulling you because like, that's what goes on with it. You know, that's the type of thing that, that's going to hurt you, and having the coaches give you the opportunity to refine your way is the next opportunity that you're going to get. So once I refound my way, then I started swimming for nobody else but myself. And I think that's the next thing that I learned from my own personal experience to try to help each and every one of my student athletes is to understand 
they need to be doing this for themselves and for their teammates and for nothing else. That is one of the most important things as well. So what it, a lot of this comes down to, and I, I'm going to try not to ramble, I wish I could stand up here and probably talk to you for the next six hours about all of my philosophies. Like, you kind of have to be pretty good at standing in front of a group of people and just talking about whatever it is that seems to be the most relevant to any particular group. It's, but it's helping each student athlete find their way to find what their true motivations are. And it's gonna change, it's gonna be different from one year to the next. But once you can figure out how to help people find what their actual goals are, whether it be in the weight room, whether it be on baseball field, whether it be softball, any of these things, once they truly understand what their individual goals are and how that fits in with their team's goals, then we're gonna be really moving forward. And then we're gonna be able to make those big leaps. Because then when things get tough, you can remind them of those goals. And that's what's gonna help them get better. Because in a lot of sports, in every sport really, that's really when it matters. It's not when the work is easy because it was easy and we wouldn't be getting any better, is when it's hard. And when practice is hard, it's about being tough. And that's when you get better, when you put in that hard work. And you can't put in that level of effort to have the highest of high goals that some people might give to me in my goal meetings at the beginning of the year, unless, unless they're working towards something. It's really easy to just show up and swim practice. I could probably get in still and swim through practice that's written on the board. Wouldn't be able to do it well. Been a few years since I left the pool, but I could show up and I could do it. But to actually do what is expected when I write that workout on the board and to push yourself to achieve what's going to help you get to the end of the year, that takes something special. And it's hard because you know not every day you can find that in yourself. Sometimes you need that little bit of coaching, that person standing behind you, reminding why it is that you're making all of the sacrifices that you're making. Okay, so it's it's. It's all about support, that you gotta help them find their intrinsic motivation. When I do character assessments, so that's kind of like my whole story after that I wandered around for a few years, ended up coaching at UConn because I hated every other job that I tried. Loved coaching in college, found my way down to UNCW because all of my family is in North Carolina and I wanted to get closer to them. It's a great university that I just wanted to be a part of. I remember hearing about the program when I was growing up, so found my way back town here and don't really plan on going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about one of the things that uh, I heard you guys wanted to talk about a little bit was if I do any type of character assessments or things like that when it comes down to getting to know the student athletes at the beginning of the year. I used to have before like like these six questions I would ask. I've kind of drifted away from that this year. Um, we have a really large group of freshmen and I really like kind of leaving a little bit more open-ended as far as character assessments. You don't want to pigeonhole anybody and put them in a spot. So what I've done this year, you do goal meetings, find out what our time goals are for the end of the year, sit people down and ask open-ended, what are your goals? Because for a lot of the student athletes that I have, it might not necessarily be a time goal. We can't travel every summer conference. On the women's side, we leave about 12 to 14 girls at home. And for some of those girls, their highest goal might be either to make the conference team or they might have something a little bit more high level that's, you know, get closer with my teammates, enjoy the experience, find a way to improve still because in swimming it's, it's a mental tough sport. You get a little stuck, you plateau for a long time, and you can either decide to get 
no amount of coaching can push you past that. You gotta find that yourself, right? I can support you as much as I can, but you gotta find a way to get past that plateau. So it's all dependent on that individual. So we left it really open-ended this year. Um, you know, we just talked about what their bigger goals are. And for the people that have those really specific time goals that are gonna get them to the top of the conference and standing on the top of that podium at the end of the year, those other goals, after they give me their time goals, I make them give me other goals. Because sports, in a lot of ways, define who you are as a person. It, a lot of what people end up doing is attaching their identity to who they are as an athlete. So you can say, I am a, I am a swimmer, 